to the new disc colony, the no T, low T, put the T in my B. I'm talking about my bussy. I'm talking about that male pussy. Hey, starting it off real clean. And you better watch out because I'm sipping on this lean. And I'm going to rap about it if you really want to know. Man, I got to up and shout it. Get up on the rooftop. Scream it on Tulsa. Hey, what rhymes with Tulsa? Man, I don't know. End. Perfect. Perfect. We're the New Metal Podcast. Um, I am one of lay co-hosts by the name of Ross L. Lichtai. <laughs> Ross L. Lichtai. Excellent. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, it, it's like L, like Spanish, the Lichtai. Oh, okay, okay. The Lichtai. Um, yeah. And I thought you were saying your, your middle name began with an L, and that's where I was confused. No. Uh, God, no. I am uh, Brent L. Hibbard. Hell yeah. Uh, is it racist? I don't know. I'm brown. What kind of brown? Don't even worry about it. Just, <laughs> just a beige human. Uh, just take it that way. Uh, Ross, uh, it's good to be back. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hyped for the return of the podcast. Hell As yeah. we're recording this, the newest episode of the show, uh, episode 18, where we talk about Slayer, has not even aired yet. Nope. So we're kind of in this gray area. It's fully uploaded and, and ready to post. It just hasn't. Uh, so it's, it's good to be ahead of schedule at this point right so um i'm sure that will fall by the wayside quickly of course you know but it is nice to have a buffer the idea of a buffer um but uh we'll we'll see how scheduling works out from this point matter of fact we were supposed to record in person uh yesterday but the weather got in the way and uh so luckily we had this planned out ahead of time to where we're just doing these mini episodes in between the album review episodes and uh, we're just going to be talking that shit today yeah we're just going to be chopping it up we're gonna mm-hmm. have a nice easy breezy cover girl uh episode um mm-hmm. yeah this is so so uh if people have already listened to the slayer episode they kind of know that we're reformatting some things um and kind of changing up how, how we do it uh so so you can expect us in your ear holes um every week at this point going forward um mm-hmm. uh if you're curious you can go back and listen to that but basically we're going to be uh recording sort of like a like a mini sode and we'll be releasing that uh, every other week um to to sort of uh bump up the seo because when you're doing a weekly podcast it it, it helps with uh, retaining listenership and all this boring background bullshit um <laughs> but uh yeah if if, uh, if you're interested in just listening to the music episodes you can go listen to those directly but if you'd like to hear us chip chop it up about things like comic books pop culture um just general bric-a-brac um, then yeah, here you are, here we are. Um, and we will, mm-hmm. we will designate these episodes with a point one. Uh, so if it's in your feed, you should be able to fairly point easily. Five. Point five. Uh, point five. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. My bad. <laughs> I miss her. That was, that was me. Yeah. yeah that was a me yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you'll get a little bit more of us, but, um, it'll kind of work out for the people who aren't listening, who aren't interested in hearing us ramble on about, um, uh, 30 year old comic books. Um, <laughs> if you really just wanted to hear the music, baby, then, then again, you know, Hey, look, we're, we're talking about things that came out 30 ish years ago. I mean, I guess yeah. new metal still technically exists, but the apex, the nadir of, 
the genre was truly the late nineties where we were at our peak of, um, everything intelligence, yeah. uh, boner size, um, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and you saying that, uh, about the years, actually it just codified in my head that next year, 2024, it will be 30 years from Korn's first album. Wow. Original release. So, New Metal will be 30 years old, Jesus just old Christ. enough to drink. I am old. <laughs> yeah, so, old interesting, interesting. Uh, I'm, turning, yeah, I'm so turning the big 4-0 in uh, shit a uh, couple, couple months. months. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. be, this is 40, mm-hmm. and I still look yeah. as good as Paul Rudd, so that's that's great. Absolutely. Uh, regularly, your wife walks in on you as you're checking your anus in the mirror, uh-huh. like a hand mirror. Um, Wait, it's something that happens to all of does us. Does that so. happen? In, <laughs> yeah. In this, Have you never 40? seen the movie? I've never seen it. I was waiting until I turned oh, 40 okay. to watch it. <laughs> oh, well, now's the time. Now's the time. It's on Netflix <laughs> as of this record. But uh, yeah, I do love me some Paul Rudd. Um, I think everyone does I universally. Mean, yeah, he's 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 mm-hmm. good and he's funny. He's like genuinely like a funny guy. Um I, I watched, uh, uh, have you ever seen the Lonely Island, uh, skit stumbling? Stumbling. Uh, it's, it doesn't ring a bell. It's with Paul okay. Rudd. It's set to basically set to the music of nine to five by Bo- Dolly Parton. Oh, um, okay. but it's, it's, uh, Andy Samberg and, um, Paul Rudd, uh, basically just stumbling around, uh, for the entirety of the short. And it's uh, pretty goddamn hilarious. I would highly recommend everyone go peep that shit. Really good. Lots of fun. It's actually quite good. <laughs> Shout out Neil Campbell. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he listens already. So, no, huge, uh, huge you know, obviously, he, you know, he's, he's honored. Uh, so what we're doing today is just talking that shit about uh, some different pop culture we've experienced recently. And, uh, you know, we just want to give some recommendations uh, or depending on how we felt about it, maybe not. So, uh, either way, I'm, I'm eager to discuss this with you. Uh, Ross, what do you have first up on your agenda? On my, uh, on, on the pulp, on the poop culture side, um, I just received, uh, in the mail, uh, as of yesterday, uh, one of my all time favorite comic book series. I got the omnibus. Um, Mm -hmm. it is entitled planetary. Um, and it's written by Warren Ellis, penciled by uh, John Cassidy, colored by Laura Martin. Uh, kind of a fucking dream team of uh, people who would go on to have massive success in, in the coming decades. Uh, this originally released in 1999 yeah. um, and uh, did not wrap up until 2009. Uh, mm-hmm. there was a huge, huge, huge gap between the, uh, issue 26 and 27, I believe, mm-hmm. um, for people who don't know, typically in most instances, uh, in American comics or Western comics, uh, single issues come out, uh, about once a month, meaning there's 12 issues a year. So the fact that there was such a widespread, uh, for those 27 issues to complete, uh, was, was uh, kind of insane, but it, it, it did eventually finish. So it did. It, it, it took, I think the, the gap between like 26 and 27 was like a solid, like five years at least, which is pretty wild, especially considering it's uh, not really a mystery comic, but there's like a whole lot of things that really kind of come together and click on that last issue. So people were uh-huh. waiting a very long time for that to, uh, 
for that to wrap. And I, I know I was one of them. Um, was quite excited whenever uh, issue 27 finally, finally released. Who lettered that some bitch? Um, Do you remember? Does it say? Obviously, it's going to say there in the, the credits, but I, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but this was a Wildstorm book, which is an imprint of DC Comics, which was uh, an imprint of Image Comics originally. And I'm trying to remember if there was like continuity of letterers from Wildstorm that went over there. We got your Richard Starkings. Oh, OK. There you um, go. Who's primarily and then Ali Fox. <laughs> not joking f-u-c-h-s alley fox yeah. fuchs maybe i'm gonna say fox uh, you got bill o'neill ryan klein mike heisler and wes abbott but i believe starkings did the vast majority of it um yeah, probably a lot of like design stuff yeah yeah mm-hmm. um it is just a it is a master class in uh deconstruction um superhero deconstruction. And I know there's a lot of people out there who don't like deconstruction because, you know, it takes a lot of previous knowledge to understand why, uh, the deconstruction is necessary or even like that it's happening. Um, it's a book that really, I think anybody could read it and just follow it plot wise, but to truly appreciate, uh, what, you know, all the, the, the facets behind, uh, the story really takes some knowledge of not only comic books, but uh, sort of like pulp, uh, pulp fiction. And I don't mean the movie. I mean, like, you know, pulpy fiction, um, the historical uh, timeline of it. Um, it, it, it. It's almost it's almost Watchmen level of you know, like rabbit hole, like, like you can, you can, you can kind of enjoy it at a surface level, but, uh, you can dig so deep into all the allegories and to all of the, uh, just, just wild, wild deconstruction. The, the sort of the theme of the entire book is, um, about how, you know, pulp comics existed before superhero comics. Um, they were really the first comic book, um, if you want to be technical about it, um, were, you know, pulp stories. So like romance, sci-fi, Western, all of those things sort of coalesced into modern day comics. And the kind of the overarching theme is how superheroes um, sort of. I don't want to say destroyed because it wasn't like a malicious thing where superheroes were bullying out everyone else. But he, he kind of takes that idea that super super powered superhero comics just completely decimated almost all other forms of comics. And the story is about, you know, the, the, uh, the, the main team of, of people while they do have superpowers, are sort of sort of sidelined by the explosion, you know, following really 1961, whenever uh, Stan and Jack created the Fantastic Four. Obviously, you know, uh, Superman and Batman and all that existed long before, but it was really the Fantastic Four that you know one launched modern 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 
Marvel comics, but also totally changed the landscape and uh, sort of became the primary thing. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. misinterpret it as Warren Ellis hates superheroes, which I don't believe is true, but he certainly does um, kind of lament the fact that that's the only type of comic. And so the, mm-hmm. the, the story is them uh, essentially uh, kind of, kind of telling that whole transition in a fictional narrative um, so it's, it's just, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. If you're at all interested in that kind of thing, I highly, highly, I cannot recommend it enough because like I said, you can, you can read it front to back and understand all the plotting and everything. But if you have some level of knowledge of, you know, fiction in the 20th century, it adds a whole other layer of, uh, just really super interesting, uh, ways of looking at, at, the sort of the the dichotomy between superhero comics and then all the pulp science fiction western all those other things that were not explicitly superheroes um i, I mean hell the villains are the fantastic four like mm-hmm. i mean yeah they're like cyphers for the ff yeah um and and i don't know that because i've only read the whole series once and uh I understand why people love it, but it was kind of just okay to me whenever I read it. But uh, I do want to go back and reread it. I also have the the omnibus, but um, I think at least like early on, maybe the first half of the series, each issue is like a separate genre, yeah, or something like that. Um, and I think they kind of like tie closer together uh, toward the end. But um, that was my recollection of yeah. it anyway. They're, they, they don't call themselves superheroes. They call themselves, uh, archeologists of the weird, um, which mm-hmm. is, is essentially them going, like you said, it's a kind of a self-contained story each time. And, uh, they go into different facets. So there's one where they go to like monster Island, um, which is, you know, where, Godzilla and Rodan and Mothra and all, all those, um, all the, the big kaijus, uh, live on, on, on an Island. Um, Mm -hmm. and then there's one about like, you know, a Hong Kong, uh, police officer who is a ghost. So it's like a Hong Mm -hmm. Kong police revenge story, sort of like a Chow Yun fat, um, type of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah. and, And, but then as it goes on, it sort of, uh, brings all those things in. I think it's really easy to read the story as a Warren Ellis hates superheroes, but I don't believe that's true at all. I believe he's just putting a narrative. He's using that as a narrative device to um, uh, explore, like I said, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of superhero genre, just pushing everything else out. I think it's gotten a lot better over the past couple of years, several, several years Mm -hmm. where, you know, companies like image, um, dark horse, um, boom dynamite. Um, is boom even still boom still around, right? Boom still publishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but Mm -hmm. they, they, they've gone into, you know, non superhero books, um, which I think is great. I think there's, you know, I, while I am obviously a huge superhero comic fan, um, I absolutely just appreciate and love the art, uh, art Mm -hmm. of comic making, and so, you know, there's only, it's only so many ways you can kind of tell a superhero story. Um, so, you know, and if, if you've been reading comics as long as we have, you eventually kind of want something a little different. 
Um, and I think this is the perfect thing because it does kind of feel like a superhero book, but it ain't. And just in, in this cover, I mean, goddamn, I took the slip, uh, the slip case slip cover off of it. Mm-hmm. And it literally looks like the planetary guide that is referenced in the book that Elijah snow, uh, writes, uh, so I, I always love taking the slip cover off of a hardcover book and seeing like, did they put any effort or do they just like slap the name on there? And they mm-hmm. truly put like an absurd amount of effort into making this look like an old, um, like an yeah, old, it looks like a tome. Yeah. And it's yeah. Just fucking massive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have been just devouring this thing and loving every second of it. So if, if any of that sounds like it would be up your alley, um, mm-hmm. Gorgeous art, brilliant writing, ah, just yeah, even, ugh, wonderful. Even the covers are spectacular. And I know there's oh, a lot of yeah. like uh, wonderful like cover art for comics, but I mean like down to the logo. Like there's no set logo for Planetary. It changes per issue in the book. Right. So if you look at it, like the logo changes and it fits the style of whatever that story is yeah uh, which is incredible an incredible amount of work oh to do god i can't even imagine like, each time like, you know, so. he, he, like i just i just read one that was um you know uh in the vein of like the Starenko agent of shield nick fury agent mm-hmm. of shield old comics um and just little things like that where you may look at it if you're not like super into comic books maybe don't fully understand it but it's like just a gorgeous piece of art on its own but like mm-hmm. when you when you know who Starenko is you know it's just it's just like a little little added bonus of like attention to detail like that's the biggest thing mm-hmm. about this book is there's so much attention to detail and so many little little asides uh that that Ellis throws in there that goddamn it's just and I, and look I know people uh, some people may not have the highest opinion of Warren Ellis. I, uh, have been extremely disappointed in his actions, but, uh, from everything I've read and from what I've been able to tell, um, he seems like he's genuinely atoning, uh, for some of his past behavior. And it's, it's not behavior on the level of like, you know, Harvey Weinstein or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he never physically did anything to anyone, but it definitely sounds like he was using his uh, position of privilege to uh, uh, talk to talk to women. Um, and so it's not not unfortunately kind of kind of crummy because he is like one of my all time favorite writers. But uh, I do. Uh, I do watch his or read his newsletter and he set up like a fund and a, like a group where uh, he can, you know, talk with people who have been um, uh, slighted by him or however you want to look at it. Again, mm-hmm. nothing he did was illegal. Um, nothing he did was. Um, <sighs> It was just like a shitty mentoring behavior. Shitty mentoring behavior. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's taking advantage. So. And uh, you know, he, he, he has said like, he didn't feel like he was in a position of power, but obviously he, you know, realizes that like, Oh yeah, I probably am. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I take him at his word because I do feel like he's like a, uh, he's like a genuine human being. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he, you know, he's a horny guy and women are, you know, hitting him up and he, he, he probably took advantage of that in some way. So, 
Um, yep. Unfortunate, but it, it certainly sounds like he is atoning for a lot of what he's done. And um, I hope to see him continue that path. And I hope to see him uh, start writing again and start, you know, producing stuff and maybe, you know, further addressing some of those issues. But uh, anyways, that's all. That's all fun. <laughs> um, yeah. He's been my favorite writer for fucking decades. So it's, it's hard to just, you know. Yeah. I think that's one of the things where it's like each person has their own, uh, dividing line for shit like that. Like some people still fucking love Michael Jackson or R Kelly for, you know, whatever fucking reason, you know, but, uh, I don't know. That's each person has their own experience with that shit. So, uh, you know, do do what you want. Yeah. Um, I I too have a comic. Uh, it's not as in depth about the making of comics or anything like that, but it is about the making of comedy. Uh, this is a Ooh, book okay. from Ahoy Comics, um, and uh, it's called Snelson. Comedy is dying. It's a five issue series, and uh, it's it's really about this guy who was a popular stand up comic in the eighties and nineties, and then him trying to stay relevant today and uh, struggling to do so um at the end of the first issue uh just before he's about to go on stage he gets a call from his doctor uh with unsettling news and then he has a little bit of a uh i don't want to say like snaps snaps but he does like kind of go off into the microphone at the audience uh about comedy dying thus the title and um it's a five issue series that sees him like try to get a grip on our modern culture and they get into like cancel culture and that type of thing and whatnot. I'm not saying he's like a good dude that I would want to hang out with, (laughs) but it is an interesting story to read. Um, so, uh, I'll, I'll have to let you borrow this because I, I really enjoyed it. And, um, sounds interesting. uh, one of the, the cool things about it, um, oh, l- let me uh, give you the uh, the team here. So it was written by Paul Constant, uh, art by Fred Harper, Lee Loridge did the colors, and Rob Steen was the letterer, and uh, they all did a great job. Um, sometimes, uh, like I'm not super familiar with Ahoy Comics, and sometimes newer publishers like this, I'm like, what what are the interiors going to look like? And right. sometimes if you have a bad letterer, it can just like ruin the whole experience. Uh, but this is fucking solid. Um, but uh, as I finished the first issue in the the back of it, it has a letter uh, there on the letters page from the editor. Uh, if you read through here, it says that um, this is not the first appearance of this character. He actually showed up in five, seven page stories uh, in a comic called Hashtag Danger. And it says, if you'd like to download and read a PDF of those mini Snelsons for absolutely no money, you can go to bit.ly slash Snelson. And uh, as a solid for our listeners, I'm going to put that in our show notes for this episode because it's free. It just leads to a Dropbox. So uh, if you want to check out that comic, it's there and available for you to read on your phone if you want. So enjoy your pooping. (laughs) I've never heard of any of those creators, um, but I'd love to check them out. Yeah, uh, I think they worked on something else. Uh, I can't remember. It's been a while since I read that uh, the back page. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be interested in more of this series or uh, other stuff they've done because uh, I thought it was well put together. It wasn't overwritten. I thought the the jokes that were in there uh, were like sometimes poignant depending on the comic who said it. And then sometimes it's just so uh cringy on purpose right that it's like oh okay this was like 
well written in that way, you know? Okay. That sounds cool. Yeah. yeah I have to check that yeah. out. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that comics are, are getting away from just strictly being superhero books. Um, I think for the yeah, medium but- to survive, it, mm-hmm. it needs to, it needs to expand. It does, but I would say it, it still has a ways to go. Um, no, for sure. Because it, it seems like, you know, I like image, but it seems like everything they put out is, uh, it has like the setup for a really interesting premise. And then space aliens or, and then zombies or vampires, yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to read. Like, imagine if you were watching Breaking Bad and at the end of the first episode, he steps out of that camper. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm a vampire now. You know, <laughs> just burst into flame. Yeah. And in my underwear, the what end. a way to go. That sounds interesting. But, uh, yeah, uh, I've uh, uh, recently discovered a, a publisher called Scout Comics, and uh, I'm really digging a lot of their stuff. And sometimes it's uh, like fantasy or like, um, you know, like sci-fi or something like that. But yeah. even still, it's got a, a different tone to it that I don't get from their larger publishers that uh, I'm really digging. So That's I'll cool. get up with some of that stuff as well. Have you read uh, Ice Cream Man? I've heard a lot of really great things from that. I've not, but I, I, I am interested in it. It's an yeah. anthology series from what I understand. Like it's the same writer, but a different artist. Or, wait, maybe I'm thinking of something else. I think, I'm, I, yeah, I think that same writer has a series called Ha Ha. It's about like clown shit, mm-hmm. but it's a different artist each time. But I think for Ice Cream Man, maybe it's the same artist. Okay. Each time? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Yes, I have had, I've heard of Ice Cream Man. <laughs> yeah, sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of cancel culture, um, since yeah. we're kind of touching on some uh, nerdy uh, stuff here. Uh, oh my God, it's two solid segues in a row. Yeah, hey, I'm Mr. Segway. What? Um, Justin <laughs> Roiland, um, yeah. who, you know, I, I, I was a fan of Rick and Morty. Um, I haven't really kept up with it. The first couple seasons, though, I really adored um, but it's, it's turned into one of those series where the association with it, um, like the people who really, who really got into it, um, mm-hmm. kind of ruined it, which I hate because I don't want to be like a snob about it and be like, mm-hmm. I stopped liking it because it got popular or the wrong kind of people got into it, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. it, it does sort of, you know, it sort of drags something down whenever, people are screaming I'm pickle Rick, you know, in, in a, in a McDonald's or whatever. And, you know, <laughs> during climax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it, 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 but, uh, Justin Roiland, um, has been accused of some extremely heinous shit, like extremely heinous shit. Like not just me too, but like he was arrested for like domestic battery and like imprisonment and shit. Um, wow. And, uh, as of today, uh, it sounds like Rick and Morty, uh, he is, they've said adult swim is severed ties. So they're going to have to get mm-hmm. a new voice actor for Rick and Morty. Um, wait, he, he voiced both of those characters. Yeah. Wow. In addition to several others, Mr. Poopy butthole, Mr. Me seeks. Um, mm. uh, but, but it sounds from, from what I've heard, uh, that, uh, Justin, really just provides the voices at this point. And, um, Dan Harmon is the primary writer, uh, with, you know, a whole lot of other writers, very talented, very, very talented writers. Um, 
And, you know, they really just had to replace the voice actor, uh, which tons of people can do the voice. So I don't, I don't see that as a major issue there. Um, Mm -hmm. Solar Opposites, which kind of became his baby uh, apart from Rick and Morty. Um, Sounds like they have severed ties with him as well. Uh, he will no longer be writing or associated. But Thomas Middleditch is still a uh, part of, of it, though, right? And Tiffany oh, Haddish. Oh, thank God. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of great people. Although I, I did see something that, that I guess the Tiffany Haddish, Aries Spears thing was like not what it seemed. Like you know, did you hear about that when all that came out? I, I did. I I didn't keep up with it, uh, which is very unfortunate. That uh, if. <laughs> The most unfortunate thing is like uh, whatever happened to the victims, obviously. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah but I, yeah. I uh, was a fan of Tiffany Haddish. Uh, I just thought she had a compelling life story and sure, everything. She's funny. She's really funny. Oh my gosh, she's so fucking funny. So super talented. Uh, and uh, yeah, it just seemed like uh, she had a a good thing going for her, and then some shit went down. But I, but I, I did I, I did read several things that were saying I guess something was like the, the initial reporting apparently was wrong. I I don't know. Take this with a grain of salt. It was something that I just read literally like hours ago that I guess the thing got dropped or something. And uh, there was a lot of like misinterpreted goings on with it. I I, I don't know. Um, I may be wrong about that. It was, it was some Reddit comments. So, you know, take it with a massive um, gallon of salt. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, he also, uh, uh, created or, or was like, uh, one of the leaders or something for, um, Squanch games, uh, which just released a, a game high on life, uh, which I have been playing and enjoying fairly well. It's, it's, it's a pretty funny fun like big sci-fi story that's like a first action or a first person shooter um takes place in like alien worlds and stuff and it's got that you know crazy wacky sense of humor um you, your guns talk to you so they're like sentient beings and uh, justin Roiland does like your main gun but then you also have like jb smooth who does a gun um oh. uh, um uh Oh shit! The girl who talks like this, she's on Doughboys a lot. Why am I totally bl- Betsy Sidaro? There we go. Okay, Betsy Sidaro does one of the voices for one of the guns. Um, so there's a lot of like really funny people involved with it. Um, mm-hmm. and it's it's you know it's not like an a, an amazing game, but it's 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 funny and it's enjoyable and it's interesting. Uh, but uh, sounds like he's he's been booted off of that as well. Sounds like he's just. He's out of a job at this point. Which wait, they kicked him his voice out of the game? No, the uh, the no. so he was like the CEO or something of the company mm-hmm. and they've they've kicked him out. So wow. like even his game studio, he's he's gone. So it sounds like the, the allegations are not only true, but uh, mm-hmm. there may be like more to it coming down the line. He also apparently was Wild. like DMing a lot of underage girls mm-hmm. and also using like really bad like slurs for gay people. And um, I think there was maybe even some like racist shit in there. 
Damn. Oh yeah, like there, there was. Stuff? Yeah, he he was doing like a Chinese like like a parody of a Chinese person like Texan. What would that sound like? <clears throat> no. <laughs> Hi, I am Chinese. Uh no, but uh, yeah, really really unfortunate for the victims. Um obviously they they come first and foremost above, you know, giving giving half a shit about mm-hmm. him, but uh I was a fan of his work and mm-hmm. um I'm fine with no longer being a fan or, you know, uh, if he's mm-hmm. if he's completely separated from all that stuff, then God willing, you know, things mm-hmm continue on without him and uh, either stay the same or get better fingers crossed because there's a lot of people that work on those shows um, that don't deserve to be uh, you know uh, dragged down with him Mm -hmm. so we'll see what happens yeah interesting yeah I've only seen like the first two seasons of Rick and Morty and I, I kept telling myself I'll eventually catch up on it but with this like recent news you know I'm definitely going to get caught up. Uh, I'm going to be picketing uh, for his release. Like, you know, let's give him a chance. White men have had struggles for such a long time. Oh, we're you know, really, we're having a tough time over right now, guys. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I uh, from what I understand, he's like stepped away from like the creative duties on Rick and Morty, like around like season three, I think. So, and like Dan has been like the primary and so Justin just really literally provides the voice of, he doesn't do any mm-hmm. of the writing or anything. Um, so if that helps you out and it also seemed like, honestly, Dan was really the creative force and, uh, the, 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 the main guy behind, you know, the, what you would consider the success for the move for the, for the show. So, yeah. um, I will still, you know, and again, tons and tons of people work on these shows. It's not just one guy. So it kind of feels unfair to drag, you know, we both listen to a uh, uh, podcast with Heather Ann Campbell, who is a yeah. fucking phenomenally funny human being um, and super creative. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's just tons of people that work in the background that shouldn't have their careers blown up because one extremely douchey piece of shit. Uh, Mm -hmm. so, you know, okay, that's that. Let's not talk about that anymore. (laughs) He's a piece of shit. Piece of shit. Yeah. Um, what else you got? (laughs) (laughs) The Segway King. Segway King, baby. (laughs) Tulsa King move over and the Segway King. Uh, he's on two wheels. He's standing upright. What's he gonna do next? Oh, not turn. No, no he fell over. Headfirst <laughs> into traffic. Just straight up ain't shit. <laughs> um, uh, well, I, I will say that um, I've recently rewatched a couple of movies. I'm in the middle of a uh, the the third, so I'm, I'm making it a trilogy. But um, I've recently rewatched. Anchorman and then uh, oh, okay. Anchorman, the legend continues the the Ron Burgundy, like the like side spinoff story that doesn't quite work, but is more stuff to watch, you know? Sure. Yeah. It, it was all we had at, at a time before 2013 when they made an Anchorman 2. Um, you and I'm I sorry. Both. Huh? There's an Anchorman 2. Uh, yes. Mm. Uh, you may or may not want no, to. Acknowledge not. It. 
but, know, but uh, you and I both bad. loved the uh, the original Anchorman. Oh man! And uh, I I literally have not seen it in probably like fifteen years. Wow! Uh, I I don't think I've ever even seen it come on TV or anything like that. So uh, I rewatched it like I don't know last week, and uh, it was it was funny. I don't know that it holds up as well for me as like my nostalgia for it you know uh yeah. but even still i thought it was like absolutely watchable uh it's just not as uh gut bustingly hilarious as i remember it being yeah when i saw that in the theaters i think it's the hardest i've ever laughed like in, yeah. in a theater like i was crying at certain points it was so fucking mm-hmm. funny i think kind of going back to the rick and morty thing i i, I think it suffers a lot from people just endlessly quoting it and, you know, it becoming sort of like this zeitgeisty uh, uh, reference for, I'm just going to say it, normies. Um, that, that, yeah, it, it, sort of, it sort of hurts, I think, a story whenever people just, just drive it into the ground and just quote it endlessly and people who aren't funny make it their entire, uh, personality. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I love lamp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Milk was a bad choice. Um, but it's still, I, yeah, I think it's still funny. I, I don't think it, uh, is quite as funny as when I obviously first saw it. Um, but you know, it's, it's like you said, definitely watchable, uh, definitely good for a laugh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's Anchorman, man. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's got some great, great people in it. Um, Paul Rudd is goddamn hilarious in it. Talking back. There. Yeah. I, I forgot how much of a, like kind of a, a, a solid supporting character his character is in this movie. Like <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I guess I just thought that like he was on equal footing with Dave Keckner and, um, fucking oh my god what is his name from the office uh i want to say jim carrey i know that's not fucking um, right steve jim. carell oh wait steve carell. steve carell uh so uh i thought they were all like closer in like pecking order or whatever but it seems like uh paul rudd's brian fantana is like almost the leader of the pack he's kind of the the one that keeps every yeah everyone like together for the <laughs> most he's part not an, uh, which is cool. he's not as insane as the rest of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And there, there, there is, there's one scene that always makes me laugh whenever they're trying to like threaten, um, Veronica Corningstone when she's like on the air and she looks over at them. And, uh, uh, Paul Rudd is just, <laughs> is, is like got his elbow on the desk with a lighter lit and is just staring at her. Like <laughs> the most threatening thing you could think of was just like light a lighter and stare at her. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and that's the other thing is Christina Applegate fucking rules oh, in this movie. Like incredible. I, I love her so much. I, I recently watched a series on Netflix, uh, finished the, the series called dead to me. I don't know if you've uh, watched it or mm-hmm. heard of it, but it's her and, uh, Linda Cardellini. Uh, they play best friends in that show. R- really oh, good show. I won't book? get into all that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, anyway, that's, uh, a, Christina blank Applegate. that's a blank check joke. Um, podcast okay. blank check it's funny trust me sure believe me it's fine i'll laugh i'll laugh <laughs> later uh <laughs> but uh christina applegate uh I, i'm just like fully into her as a person she yeah. recently uh came out as like diagnosed with ms and she's got some struggles with that yeah uh but uh which is a, a 
pure shame for anyone, but uh, uh, you know, yeah, whatever the case. She, I feel she like has getting had hung an up on, incredible like, career. Yeah, she really has. Um, I watched uh, just I think last week. Uh, my wife had never seen Mars Attacks, and we watched Mars Attacks, and that movie is. Mm-hmm. I love Mars Attacks. High, criminally mm-hmm. underrated. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of other like when you think of Tim Burton movies, for whatever reason, that shitty Planet of the Apes remake Ugh. is going to come up before Mars Attacks. You know, bullshit. But uh, but I I remember liking Mars Attacks. Uh, I I need to rewatch that. You do. And, it, uh, I told you that the the last time you came it over. It one hundred percent holds up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we actually talked about it on the last podcast. Did we talk about it? I think it was off air. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Highly, highly recommend Mars Attacks. If you have not seen it or you haven't seen it in a long time, it holds up like shockingly well. Is she in that? Is that what you brought <laughs> like, She is, but like barely. Um, yeah. She plays uh, Jack Black's girlfriend before he goes off to fight in the war uh, mm-hmm. against the aliens, which is like really young Jack Black. And he's playing like a military guy. Um, he's goddamn hilarious. Uh, yeah. that movie is just stacked with people, and um, it, it just like like Danny DeVito has like three lines, like, <laughs> and he was a huge star mm-hmm. at this point. Oh, it's funny. Um, but uh, just a lot of cameos. Jack Nicholson is like wild and out, and it's so much fun to see Jack Nicholson just just be an absolute cornball. Um, fucking nails it. Um, yeah, that's that. That's one that I watched recently. That uh, mm. I was like, wow, this this movie fucking slaps so hard. Yeah. Well, speaking of slap so hard, I don't have a good transition, uh, so I'm gonna slap us back over to the Anchorman side of tracks. Yeah. Uh, but after I watched uh, the first Anchorman, I watched the the like quasi spinoff show that or like movie that was made from deleted scenes from Anchorman or like alternate takes. And then also like an entire subplot yeah, uh, about like a bank robbery. Crazy. It's called wake up Ron Burgundy, the lost movie or Ron Burgundy. The legend continues or Anchorman. The legend continues. It's got several names, but <laughs> right. you can find it on wherever you get movie films. Uh, but <laughs> it was, um, it was interesting. It does not hold up well narratively at all. Like the, the no. structure is, is not good. Uh, because they kind of act like it's a sequel to the original Anchorman, but then, you know, using narration like voiceover. Right. Uh, but it's just it doesn't really work, but it is fun to see some of the scenes again. Uh, and that whole subplot with the bank robbers is kind of fun. Uh, not not great, <laughs> but it's 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 kind of just OK. Like if you're yeah. like me and just want to complete the set, obviously it's going to work for that sure. but uh honestly i feel like you can just stick with like the first anchor man i've yeah. i'm about half an hour into um uh cover your ears ross into anchor man 2 <gasps> and uh it's not as bad as i remember but it's not great either so you know it's kind of like mid-tier uh will ferrell stuff yeah comedy sequels are one of the hardest things to pull off um like 90% of the time they don't work because they're just recycling jokes from the first movie, which I don't understand why. Like you can, you can do different things. Like you don't have to, 
I don't know. It's 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 the same thing with like Zoolander, and there's like a, a whole list of others, like all the Mike Myers movies. You know, I love Wayne's Halloween. World. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween two. <laughs> Halloween three. Season of the Witch. <laughs> They're all the same. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's a real problem with a lot of um, a lot of comedy movie sequels. It, they just they just are never even remotely as good as the first one. Yeah. But you know, what are you gonna do? Bitch about movies? Yeah. yeah. So, sometimes it's fun to uh spend time with your friends. You know, if you uh sure. really like a movie, you're really invested in in it, you just want to spend more time with those characters. And sometimes you're like, uh, I should have just left the party early, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> yeah. how would you know otherwise? So uh yeah, I'll I'm still gonna stick with uh, watching Anchorman two and uh just see how it goes. I, I don't remember any of the story at all. I just remember not liking it in theaters. Yeah, but, you know, yeah I saw mostly. it once and I was just kind of very forgettable. But yeah. I'm going to have to go back and check it out. Um, the, 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 big, the big thing, I think, was uh, for, for me was uh, good old Chainsaw Man. Um, yes. Last year, one of my favorite series. I know I had said at one point, I think, on our year-end wrap-up that it was my favorite show of the year. I think I might walk that back a half step and replace <laughs> it with Andor, although it is a close okay. second. Um, it really it really changes, because uh, whenever I first saw said that, I'd only seen th- think maybe the first three episodes, and I was expecting kind of more of like a gonzo, uh, balls to the wall, just just uh, you know, uh, ex- almost like exploitation level, uh, just wacky violence. But the show really kind of slowed down and has become a lot more of like a dramatic, uh, like <laughs> seriously emotional show. Um, mm which I don't mind. I, I, I really, really enjoy it. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really, really good. Um, and I've been mm-hmm. actually reading the, um, the manga, sort of reading the manga because mm-hmm. they, they're only doing, what is it? Eight episodes, I think, um, for like the first season of it. 12. Is it 12 episodes? Okay. 12 episodes mm-hmm. for the first season. Um, so I was like, I, I, I need more. So I started buying the mangas, um, mm-hmm. manga or whatever. Um, and it is just, it is phenomenal, phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's totally unlike anything I've ever read and I've read a lot of comic books. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> all 27 issues of planetary, all of them and the extras <laughs> and the extras. There's some specials in there. All right. All right. Yeah. Come correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What did you think about the, have you, have you totally caught up with all the Chainsaw Man episodes? Yeah, I, I watched all of it. I was watching the dub, uh, which was usually like two weeks behind yeah. the uh, subtitled version. Uh, but I just, I don't want to have to read when I'm watching this because my, it's such eye candy that I just want to look all the way around the screen. I know. You know I don't want to have my eyes chained to, uh, chained like a chainsaw to the screen <laughs> like that. But um, I understand why people do it. And I understand the, uh, uh, I guess the the two warring sides of dubbed versus subbed anime, but it's just like, oh, fuck it, who cares? You know, it's like, yeah, uh, it's a good dub I, too. Like it's, uh, I thought so. I, I like the voice acting yeah. in it, you know, uh, I didn't think it seemed out of place or I, I felt like I got the, the major story beats from the dubbed version, uh, yeah. that 
the from what i could tell the the subversion puts out um you and i both listened to get animated which is a spin-off podcast of get played which is a spin-off podcast of how did this get made but uh, <laughs> uh on get animated uh, they watch the subtitled version and that's what they discussed. And I felt like the story points they mentioned and some of the dialogue they mentioned is essentially what is in the dub version as well. So I don't really feel like I'm missing out on anything by watching it that way. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, I felt like it is a very bonkers, very like wild primal, but like in a uh, juvenile way. <laughs> yeah. At times, but also there's a ton of fucking heart to this show. So much. Uh, which which makes me love it even more. And yeah, you don't even get that till maybe like halfway through the show where they really start hitting you with that. Yeah. Where that shit finally starts coming through. It um, gets fucking it, serious. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it, it really does. And uh, there's consequences for characters. There's like deaths on the show. Yeah. And there's enough stuff here where I feel satisfied, but I want more. I want to know more about these characters. I want to, like, there, even though, like, if there were n- no more episodes and this was just, like, 12 episodes, even though it has a, a little bit of, like, a, a cliffhanger, like, kind of stinger at the very end of that t- uh, last episode, I feel like if this was all there was ever going to be, I would be satisfied with it, and I'd certainly watch the show again. But there is an undercurrent of stuff that's going on behind the scenes that I feel I want to know more about, which is kind of a, a good place to be with it. From what oh, I yeah. understand, anime doesn't like they're in no rush to get out season two. Like if it were here in the States, it'd be like, Oh, we've got another season coming this September, you know, <laughs> when sweeps come through. Right. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But, um, you know, if, if it's going to be this level of quality, just I'm happy to wait for it. You know, oh, I just yeah. don't want to wait a decade. Oh. But, you know, I, I certainly want, want more of that. So uh, at a certain point, I plan on um, subscribing to the Shonen Jump or the, the Viz app and, uh, you know, get read the, the whole manga on there. Or if you want um, to borrow from me, brother. No. No. OK. You got germs. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 no, uh, I, I do like, you know what? Uh, that is something we've never talked about. The the size of a Tonkaban, those, uh, those manga collected book sizes. Yeah. I heard them say this on an episode of a uh, cartoonist kayfabe somewhat recently where they were talking about how it just like feels good. <laughs> this is going to sound hyper gross, but it's uh, it just feels good in your hand. You know, it's like a, a solid size and it doesn't feel like so floppy as if like if you were standing outside reading and the wind came through it would like fly out of your hands but it's like flexible enough to where you could like put it in your back pocket if you needed to right. or you know throw it in a bag i don't know there, there's something magical about it. i don't necessarily want american comics to be all that size but i do like i i think it really works for manga sure and and yeah. and you know manga doesn't it, it's usually black and white almost always um mm. just you know pen and ink um and you know that that uh, i think i think helps streamline the process to where they can put them out more regularly whereas like american comics are a whole fucking like production um on a level you know even just even just like coloring um is is like a whole you know i mean they're basically painting every issue um mm-hmm. so i think that's that's you know 
one of the nice things is you can get like a, a, a solid 200 page manga for $9, you know, yeah. whereas like if this was an American comic, you'd be looking at $30, $40. Um, of course, the production value is a lot higher with American comics, but, you know, again, the, the, the form factor and just sort of the... Uh, the, 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 the ease of readability, you know, with black and white, it's, you know, you're, you're just relying on line drawings. You're not, you don't have all the, uh, and a lot of times they don't do, you know, very heavy backgrounds or anything like that. So, um, it's, it's just a, it's a different medium. I mean, it's the same medium, but it's, it's done in like a much, much different way. Um, yeah. The approach is way different. And both are and totally legitimate. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I've looked up on YouTube several times how manga is made. Like, what is that whole culture of making it? And it seems so fucking grueling and intense because they put out essentially like a full like 20 pages of comic every week. Whereas here in the States, it's once a month you get 20 pages of story. Right. Um, and like you said, there's, you know, coloring and, and all this extra stuff that, that goes into it on our side of things, but to pump out quality shit every week, that is substantial. And I don't think it's how it gets like published two pages, but it's, it, it, I feel like the chapters are shorter. I don't know. Maybe it's just cause they kind of read a little bit quicker. Uh, mm-hmm. than American comics, but uh, I feel like the chapters are shorter than, than that. But yeah, yeah, they're, they're still coming out with it weekly, which yeah. even if it's half that is mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, nothing and, but respect for those mangakas, is that what they're called? Is that, am I pronouncing that right? Mangakas. Mangakas, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the, the idea that these new stories come out in like a collected phone book size uh, magazine like Shonen Jump or whatever where it's like you know what like 10 15 other comics in there in the same th- it'd be like if you went to the comic shop here in the states and said one Marvel comics please and they just handed you like this this phone book size thing that had like an issue of New Mutants and then an issue of Howard the Duck immediately after that in the same book binding and then an issue of uh, Venom after that and then an issue of Squirrel Girl. It's just like, it's wild that that shit happened. I mean, I'd, be, I'd kind of be okay with that, honestly. Um, I think it'd be an interesting, it, it'd be an interesting yeah. way to maybe bring in some of those manga readers, manga readers into, uh, or so some of the Western comic book readers, bring them into um, sort of that, that format. I think, I think it would be interesting. Cause I know Marvel, I know at least overseas will do things like that where they'll have like three or four issues in like a, like a larger format um, book, um, mm. which I think is, is, you know, it's interesting. I don't know that the price point you know, again, there's so much production value that goes into Western comics that uh, mm-hmm. probably not exactly feasible. But I think, you know, I think you could, I think you could transition into that fairly easily. That is the other thing about manga that fascinates me is it's like such a workhorse culture, yeah. but it is like entertainment. But it's like creators of the manga like kill themselves for like, well, sometimes literally. But I mean, they like yeah. work themselves to the bone like they wake up. Uh, early in the morning, they have maybe like 30 minutes to get ready for the day, like eat, shower, all that stuff. And then they just work on creating manga. Oftentimes it's 
them writing and drawing it at the same time. And even with digital tools, that's just like, oh, well, I can add these like gray tones a little bit quicker, but still I'm staring at the screen for 15 hours a day. Then you go to sleep for a few hours, wake up, go do all the shit over again. And then on your day off, quote unquote, it's spent with meetings with your editors. And then next week begins and you go back through all this shit. It's, it seems wildly intense on that same cartoonist kayfabe, uh, YouTube channel. There's an episode, uh, a couple of episodes with, um, oh fuck, I can't remember the creator's name. He's a, uh, I think he's a Mexican guy from America, but he went to Japan. He stayed there for a while, uh, attempting to make manga, and he attempts to explain that whole process. And it's fucking fascinating yeah. to hear all of that shit and how grueling it was. And he was just like, at a certain point, I just had to come back to the the states. Uh, Felipe Smith. I think he's he's the guy who um, created co-created uh, Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider for Marvel. Oh, OK. Yeah, he, he does like American comics, but he did manga before that. Right. It's fascinating shit, man. Like, I just I just want to know about that. Just like I just want to know what that's what that's like to do. Yeah, that's crazy. Fucking punishing. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I got to watch that episode. Um, mm-hmm. Cartoonist Kayfabe is. We've we've referenced it multiple times on the channel, but uh, if you're interested in comic books at all, go go check out that Mm -hmm. channel and just find a video that that appeals to you. Uh, Those two Mm -hmm. guys are, I mean, we're 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 dorks, we're we're mega dorks, but these guys are confirmed uber dorks, uber dorks. (laughs) Uh, Nothing but respect for those two guys, Jim Rugg and Ed Piscor. Absolutely, goddamn lutely. Um, and then like real quick before we get off the topic of, of comics, uh, I, I'm also fascinated by like French comics, Bon Dessinée, oh, uh, oh, yeah. and how they like have all these like wild different like trim sizes for their books. Like they almost look like coffee table book size yeah. shit they put out. And then the way they like put the panels together, it's not, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm just fascinated that it, all these different places have this medium but they all approach it differently and the types of stories they tell. And I don't know. It's just fascinating stuff. Sure. Clearly to just you and I, our listeners have tuned out long ago, but Western comics are still better than everything else. Anyways, um, <laughs> as, as personal preference, I still, my heart still belongs to Western comics. I still get the most out of those, the most enjoyment and most pleasure. Um, although I do really, do really enjoy, uh, French comics. Um, I've got several hardback collected editions, uh, from, um, Mobius and Yodorowsky, um, Mm -hmm. which man go pick up like Inkle or, uh, Adina or any of these, you can buy them on Amazon. Uh, they're just any, anything that Mobius draws is, my god like my god that man is a fucking there's nobody like mobius there isn't like he 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 morbius the living vampire oh my bad i've been pronouncing it my bad it's morbid time hey it's me dr Michael. (laughs) hey speaking of uh, uh, weird no no no, wait 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 wait. oh wait sorry (laughs) remember when uh when sony uh like 
Morbius came out the first time. And oh. it, it fucking bombed at the box office. And then, like, social media just ripped it apart. That's where we got the Morbin time thing. And then Sony was like, I know. Like, wouldn't it be weird if we, like, went to go see the movie? We're going to re-release it. It's going to be so weird if we went to go see Morbius. And then it tanked a second time. <laughs> like, it did even worse. Uh, it's so fucking funny oh, to me. God. Like, Sony, what are you doing? Did you, did just, you see it? Uh, I saw it when it was on Netflix. I, I wasn't going to pay for oh, it. Oh, it's on Netflix? Yeah, 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 yeah. I might have to watch it. I fucking yeah. hate uh, Jared Leto with, like, all my heart. I've always hated Jared Leto, even before he turned out to be a weird sex creep. Um, I, I fucking <laughs> hate the guy. He's a, just a huge piece of shit. Yeah, seems like all of the stories from... Like behind the scenes stories of any movie he makes, it's just fucking wild. And the one for Morbius is even more so, uh, more so Morbius. More, more than but, is, uh, it, is it weirder than than all the behind the scenes shit with uh, Suicide Squad? Uh, I would say it's on par. Really? Yeah, he didn't send like condoms to anyone, but <laughs> just his approach to the character. Can you imagine being Viola Davis, the <laughs> goddamn American treasure, and getting a, a unfurled condom? from jared leto like i hope she like beat the shit out of him with her purse or it. something like that you know this make his ass damaged classy a class like like amazing actor and then you have to put uh-huh. up with this fucking i'm gonna dip a bullet in pig's blood and send it to you for this yeah. shitty fucking movie <laughs> yeah. I, I I watched yeah. part of Suicide Squad the other day because I, mm. I just wanted to like I wanted to hurt myself. And yeah. Jesus Christ, it is hot gar I mean, I, I couldn't I made it through maybe the first 15 minutes and I was just like, this is this is untenable. I cannot I cannot suffer this movie any longer. Yeah. It it's rough for sure. And it used to be my least favorite DCEU movie. Uh, but then over on Let's Talk About Stuff, we had we were going through the DCEU movies and I was dreading having to go through and rewatch that fucking Suicide Squad movie. Uh, Not the James Gunn one, but the, uh, oh, the no. that, that fucking, movie is fucking incredible. The original one. Uh, but uh, yeah, I rewatched it and I didn't hate it as much. It was slightly more tolerable. But when I rewatched the Birds of Prey movie, oh, my God, I just want to rip my own really? ass off. Yeah, it, it really like did not hold up for me i thought it was okay the first time but second time i've seen it once and i i actually kind of enjoyed it i didn't love it but i was like oh this Mm -hmm. is fun but yeah i've i've seen that movie twice i cannot tell you how it ends (laughs) i do not remember (laughs) well hopefully james gunn gets in there and fixes some shit up because uh the man seems to really really know his shit and really has a good grasp on storytelling Man, I am so fucking excited. I we haven't talked about this either. Uh, so if you've got a, a minute or two, uh, I have two. Minutes. The James Gunn, like two minutes on the clock. Uh, the James Gunn and uh, Peter Safran taking over the the DCU, so what they're calling it, like rebooting it essentially. Yeah, it's such a great idea. Yeah. Just get rid of all the other shit. I understand that people like the old stuff, but look, this fucking. <laughs> this fucking universe if you want to call it that has been around since what 2013 when man of steel came out jesus and so it's it's 10 years old this year uh it's time to cut bait man like yeah. those actors are 
soon aging out of their roles or maybe they just want to be done with it and do something else like i'm not saying that gal gadot or uh, henry cavill are look too old to play the part but like are they going to want to stay on for another 20 years of playing those characters eh, probably not you know no. um let them do other stuff you know uh, they can play the same characters at marvel or something like that. i do love me some henry Put cavill. Loki season two and uh just be like oh it's Wonderful Woman. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's cool. Um, did you ever watch Peacemaker? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, good. Week to week. Appointment viewing hey, for me. Fucking amazing. Never skipped the intro. Oh, God. Never no. skipped the intro. God, no. No. That, that was that was truly. Yeah, that was that was like when that show dropped, I was just like waiting for my wife to get home so we could watch it. because She really loved it, too. And oh, really? so we yeah. were just, we were just fucking in love with that show. I need to go back and rewatch mm-hmm. it because God damn it. It shows wacky, but it's got it. That's the James Gunn like formula where it's like genuine humor, but then also like genuine emotion. And, um, it, 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 it it, it just strikes that perfect balance. I mean, obviously guardians yeah. was, you know, the first evidence of that, but, uh, the man truly knows how to pull back the comedy when it isn't required. And the drama feels earnest. Um, P world. Uh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I let it go for a beat and I was like, no, you Is gotta gonna do, do it. it? Gonna it's going to kill. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh peacemaker is, I would argue the best comic book TV show. Maybe, maybe Watchmen. Um, but I would probably, if, I mean, if I was, gun to my head pull the trigger um gun to my head uh i would say i would put peacemaker as as something i would i would watch over watchmen although i absolutely fucking loved watchmen Um, haven't seen it really who watches the watchmen not me okay spoilers i know what i'm not saying it's I, i didn't do it uh because it didn't look interesting to me i everything i hear about it sounds fascinating i fucking love regina king uh, so that's a, a ticket to the show right there. But it's, you know, I understand that Tulsa is involved in it and that's like, uh, you know, it's where we live. It's like, it's a little bit too close to home. And it's just like, I gotta, I feel like out of respect for, uh, the Tulsa, Tulsa 21, uh, massacre, I need to educate myself on that before, you know, watching this, it, it does a pretty good, honestly does superhero a show. fairly decent job of of going into that and showing like the repercussions of it, um, mm-hmm. and does it in like a, a very respectful way. I feel, um, mm-hmm. I, I would really, 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 really recommend it. Um, yeah, it is. It is a like it is an A class show. It's like you know in that Breaking Bad like upper echelon of like, um. That's what I'm looking for. Sort of like, uh, not premiere, but, um, what's the word? Come on. You know, the word, um, like it's like elevated television, like where you're watching it mm-hmm. and you realize, Oh, holy shit. This is like, not just like a TV show. This is like, um, truly like a work of art. Like I'm, I, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't throw that phrase around, uh, lightly. It, uh, that, that show truly is like a work of art. 
It's beautiful. It's emotional. It's it, f- unbelievably interesting. And I don't like any Watchmen related anything except for the comic book. <laughs> Uh, like, so all the, the DC after Watchmen comics that came out were, who cares? Um, I fucking hated the movie. Um, and I was really apprehensive to even watch it. I didn't watch it when it first came out because I was like, I'm, I'm done. I, I like the comic book, love the comic, one of my favorite comics of all time. And I feel like it's kind of like a holy book almost to the comic book world. Um, so I feel like everything that needed to be said was said in that. But then I finally like broke down and watched the show and was like, Jesus Christ, this is, um, it, 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 I can't, I can't even put it into words. It's, it's fucking phenomenal. Um, yeah. Uh, Peacemaker was probably more like my, my speed because I, I like, I like the funnies. Um, yeah. But I feel like for, for people who like, uh, Chainsaw Man, check out Peacemaker and vice versa. Oh, you know, yeah, like the, for sure, <laughs> they're cut from sure. similar cloths. Sure. Um, um, the guy that played yeah. Vigilante, Jesus, yeah. put that guy in my veins. What? <laughs> He's English. I didn't realize that till like I know, right? later on in the show. He does such like, a great job of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a midwestern dork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also like, and we would know unbelievably would know. like talented and brutally violent <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. there, there's the, there's the part where um they're like they're like uh they take some hostages and they're like they're like just they, they like put duct tape on them or something and they're like well just rip the duct tape off he's like no i don't want to hurt them they're like hmm. well it just just pull it. and he's like well no we got to kill them because they know who we are but i don't want to hurt them <laughs> like yeah it's <laughs> such a it's like free range chicken you know <laughs> yeah. we don't want to be mean to them while they're alive we will snap their necks in short order but but it's the right for thing. now it's the good thing to do like, it's the moral yeah. thing but ripping the tape off them is gonna hurt them <laughs> yeah uh, and the scene where he goes into into prison and starts a starts a fight with all the white supremacists oh Ugh, yeah that was yeah candy yeah but that's uh, great an incredible show incredible show i'm i'm curious as to whether or not they're going to do a season two or like how that's going to work maybe they'll have like split continuities or something where they've got the snyder verse stuff and then like the the gun verse stuff but uh either way i'm i'm looking forward to the reboot of the dc universe on film Uh, i think starting with superman and getting superman right is the way to go uh, then you figure out Batman and Wonder Woman after that, and then like all the other characters, you know, yeah. like Superman. You have to get Superman right for everything else to feel good. He is like you need hope. You can't just say, "Oh, I mean hope," and then have red eyes the entire time, and then like snap the villain's neck. Like if you're gonna have hope, be hopeful. You know, I couldn't even make I, it through the movie. <laughs> you didn't watch any of this shit. What? You don't watch any of the, the, you don't watch man of steel. I, I watched it once and I don't even mm-hmm. know that I'd like fully finished it. Um, <laughs> Batman so versus Superman. I, I know that I turned that off at a certain point. Um, you don't have like morbid curiosity about it. No. <laughs> once you're in it. No. Oh, all right. I, I don't like, I don't like Zack Snyder's, uh, sort of like ethos or approach to the characters at all. I feel like they're wildly off and, Mm-hmm. Um, 
this is what most people associate like Superman as or Batman as. And I feel like they are just wildly different from the comic book versions, which are, look, if a character like Superman or Batman has existed for close to a hundred years and are still like, uh, some of the most recognizable, uh, fictional characters in the world, do the version that, <laughs> that works. Don't do your own weird, fucked up, nihilistic, dark, broody, edgy fucking bullshit that you don't even fully understand or can't pull off. Like, go back and read the quintessential stories about these characters and adapt that. Like, I would love to see an all-star Superman um, with a Henry Cavill because I feel like Henry Cavill does seem like a genuinely nice guy. And I don't yeah. want to see him as an angry, mean Superman. I want to see him as the Boy Scout, but I want to see it done in a interesting way. I think people people have the automatic assumption, especially guys like Snyder where it's like, Oh, well we can't do that. Cause that's not realistic or that's not, that's not real. Uh, that's not serious enough. Like, no, you're mm-hmm. fucking misunderstanding the entire point of this character. Um, mm-hmm. and Superman is admittedly ex- an extremely hard character to write, but that means you need to find somebody who understands it and have them write the fucking story. <laughs> like, yeah. Have a, Mar- have a Mark Wade, have a Grant Morrison come in and say, here's the essence of this character that you have to get right because this is what people love about the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting heated talking about Superman. I always <laughs> get heated talking about Superman because <laughs> I, I am curious about this. It, it just now occurred to me, like I'm used to this on my other show, but this one is a little bit different. I feel like our audience is, is uh, potentially full of Snyder fans. Well, is, yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm curious if, if, uh, you're a listener of the show, or maybe you just stumbled upon this one episode, and you are a Snyder fan. Either way, if you're if you're into the Snyderverse movies or any of his other like non DC stuff, uh, write in and let us know uh, what you what you think. What are we missing? What are we getting wrong? Yeah. I feel like I've seen all of his stuff. Uh, I'm not like super well versed in it, but I have seen all of his movies. Uh, some of them I like better than others, but uh yeah write us nudispod at gmail.com uh links in the show notes uh because i would be curious what a uh, a new metal person or again somebody who's just like stumbled upon this episode yeah thinks of uh the snyder stuff and uh why you would like it. i think visually he, he he can make a story work visually um he's a good director in that way i don't i just don't think he's a very good writer um mm-hmm. and i i really think to understand these characters, you need somebody who fucking understands these characters. And Zack Snyder does not understand him. He can, he can shoot a very beautiful movie, but the nihilism of it, mm-hmm. the, 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 the audacity to make a nihilistic Superman movie is just, Oh my God, it drives me crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And this is my problem. This is why I got so burnt out on Batman for such a long time is I felt that DC and Warner brothers in general saw that, Oh, Batman sells jingle bells, Batman sells. Uh, and they were like, Oh, well, I guess all of our characters are Batman. Now all of his villains are Batman. All of his supported cast are also Batman. Uh, there's no, uh, light heartedness to any of 
that world. Um, the right. comics were a little bit better about it, but I felt like in the the new Fifty Two uh, back in twenty eleven when that was rebooted, that real things got real cynical there, <laughs> and it was a lot of Red Eye Superman and uh, a lot of Wonder Woman and in uh, like not so like heartwarming situations. And I'm not saying that you can't have those like more adult uh, versions of those characters, but like also maybe you just keep the characters, the characters at their core. Right. You know? Yeah. Like I love Spider-Man, but I don't want to see Peter Parker like have a, like a rape storyline. Like I I would like to keep those worlds separate. You don't want to see him give uh, uh, Mary Jane cancer from his radioactive sperm. (laughs) I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to skip that one <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if at all possible, you know, if, if you're a listener out there and you and you maybe want to have an example of what we're talking about, um, the Grant Morrison, Frank Quietly, Batman and Robin um, by like the first trade. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. it's not Bruce Wayne. It's Dick Grayson, who is a million times better than Bruce Wayne. I said it. Dick Grayson is the original Robin uh, from yes. Batman and Robin. The original so, uh, old school first Robin. He he grew up, became Nightwing, and then uh, once Bruce died, wink, uh, he became Nightwing. Or I'm sorry, he, <laughs> Nightwing became Batman. Uh, and what a Batman. Uh, oh, my God. It was such a fun run. Him and then the dichotomy between uh, Damien, uh, who is Bruce's son in the comics, mm-hmm. um, between him and Talia Ghul. That entire... Um, uh, uh, dynamic Dick bat, which mm-hmm. people called him because he was Dick Grayson as Batman. He took up the mantle is just like, this is what I want. This is so mm-hmm. good. Cause you get, you still get a little bit of that edgy stuff from, um, uh, from Robin, but, mm-hmm. but it's played off of like the boundless optimism and just the good hearted nature of Dick Grayson. And, uh, it is. And then by the end of it, they become friends. And I haven't cried at too many comics, but that final issue um, of of the Dick Grayson Batman and uh, the Damien Robin, when they're like under heavy fire and they're like, we're going to die. And Damien turns to Dick. And, you know, he initially didn't respect Dick at all because he thought like, well, my dad is like the best and you're just some like second rate, whatever you're, you're, you're not, you're not the real Batman. You know, you're not my dad. You're not going to tell me what to do. And then over the, over the course of the series, they form such a bond. And then whenever Damien says to Dick, they're under heavy fire, they're ducked behind a table. He turns to him and he goes, says, we were the, we were the best. I'm getting like legitimately choked up thinking about it. <laughs> when I read that, I remember where I was. I was sitting, I had just bought my comics and I was so excited to read it. Cause I knew it was like the, the, like the whole culmination of, of that storyline. I was sitting in a car reading it and that, that page happened. Mm. I fucking cried. I cried so fucking hard and I don't mm-hmm. cry very often. And it was just... You almost drove right off the highway, too. Truly, that was fucked I up. Was gonna, yeah. I was going to take out a bunch of people. I was sad. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to make mm-hmm. everybody else sad like me. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I, that is just... That is pinnacle comics to me right there. Yeah, any 
uh, team up of Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly just always delivers in my experience. Yeah. I haven't read like all of their stuff to, they've done together, like the Jupiter's Legacy stuff. I haven't well, read. Well, that's Mark Miller, so that's why I didn't read it. Yeah, that was a test. The art was and incredible in it, uh, and actually for 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 Frank or for uh, Mark Miller. One of my one of my more favorite Mark Miller stories because he didn't go so edge lordy mm-hmm. with it, but yeah, yeah. Um, he he had a tendency there for for a while. The art uh, was impeccable that. in that book. Yeah, um, I would I would yeah. recommend reading it just for the art. Yeah, um, yeah, good catch there. I'm yeah, shows how much I <laughs> I uh, kept up with that whole series because I know there was like a bunch of spinoffs and stuff, but uh, yeah, that was like a, a Miller world. Thing. Yeah, the main one with uh, Frank Quietly is really the only one you need to read because um, mm-hmm. the rest of them are eh, it's fine. But uh, yeah, yeah highly, highly recommend that. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, we're quickly approaching thirty minutes here, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured it would uh, kind of bleed over uh, yeah. to to well beyond a half hour, but you know it was good. Yeah, you know, we yeah. we had some extra time. We we're not recording the uh, system of down episode after this one uh, like we originally planned, so we gave ourselves a little bit of leeway. Yeah. Uh, but listener, that will be coming to you next week. Uh, we're going to discuss the self-titled album from System of Down. So uh, check back with us on that. I will say I've listened to that album all the way through. I started like the day after we recorded the Slayer one because um, I knew the System album was going to be a little bit weird. I've listened to it all the way through, I think like three times at this point and no spoilers, but it is very interesting. And even though I thought it was going to be bananas, I uh, it's that and then some. I spoilers. I have been digging the absolute <laughs> shit out of it. Well, so all who right, that's what we're gonna fall on. It, <laughs> yeah. it goes harder than so, I remembered yeah. it. I haven't listened to it in a long time, and I was like, man, this is really fucking good. It's it's interesting. Like some of the songs I I remembered from uh, radio back in the day, but yeah, uh, a lot of it. Uh, most of it obviously was uh brand new to me so uh we'll we'll talk about that on the next episode uh we'll do that one in person and uh very much looking forward to that anything else for you on this wonderful episode of nudist colony i think that's all i've got perfect all right well like i said check out the show notes you'll uh see our email link nudist colony or i'm sorry nudistpod at gmail.com uh you can follow us on twitter and instagram as well uh and uh yeah we will see you all next week yeah get fucked folks Fantastic. Uh, bye.